Who do you think Arnold is? Well, I've got a theory. Could be Bernard, a robot Bernard. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. Could be Dolores. He hid himself inside a massive robot mind. Yes, I've got a theory. We should podcast fast. Every week, a new hot take. We cannot take them back. I've got a theory that it's Westworld season again. Tis the season, season two of Westworld. And oh my gosh, have we got theories for you. My name is Jacob Burrows. And my name is Jim Scampoli. Westworld, was that a TV show? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess it was a thing fucking over a year, uh, almost a year and a half ago, right? It was, Jim. I know you don't like it when you don't get what you want exactly when you want it, but don't you think it was a good idea that they took a little time to figure out what the hell they were doing? Or do you feel bitter about that? Well, I don't know, because that implies that they didn't know what the hell they were doing. So you're saying that that they didn't know and, and maybe this extra time may have helped things out? Absolutely, that's what I'm saying, and I'm saying it in a positive way because I'm glad they took a few extra month, uh, months. Um, honestly, uh, you know, they were talking a lot about we know what's going to happen in the future. I didn't buy it, but um, I do believe they've done their work fairly well. You disagree? Well, I think that I, I don't disagree. I don't agree. I think it's very premature to already say like they did it. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what? 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 Uh, look how great that extra time worked out. I'm not convinced yet. And the thing is. I don't want to come off as a negative piece of shit, Mm. uh, but you're not doing a good job. (laughs) I forgot this feeling. I forgot Uh the Westworld feeling that you get. And uh, it's premature to even be negative, of course, because I'm not even where we're just going to get right into it. We won't get into spoilers yet. We're just going into general thoughts, uh, I'll say. Um, But I forgot the Westworld feeling where you're like, one moment, you're like, wow. This is a great show, well-realized, uh, a lot of great stuff going on. And then another moment, you're like, what is this? What yeah. am I watching? What is this? Well, uh, Jim, I, I think that's how I felt so much last time. And like you were almost pushing more the positive side. And this time, I feel like I can be the one pushing the positive feelings if you're feeling that that way. Because that's I remembered that very clearly. Um, and it didn't hit me as bad because I was prepared. I mean, well, don't get me wrong, but I, I think I'm ridiculous for being negative, but I also think you're being ridiculous if you're being positive off of just this one episode so far. Okay. But anyways, yes, it's been a long, tumultuous journey to get to season two of Westworld. Uh, and it's one of those things also, I guess I'm kind of frustrated at the length of time because I'm not going to go back and watch, even though I probably should if I'm doing a podcast on Westworld, but yeah. I'm not going to go back and watch season one to get ready <laughs> for this season two. I'm sorry. I'm being up front. I'm not well, going back. Uh, I I did. I mean, I read up on everything to kind of uh, get some nice recaps. I watched some recap stuff here and there. But it's just tough when you have this amount of time. I, I think it's I think my rebellion is just kind of getting back into it. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, of course, with with Westworld, the reason why it is a good show to discuss and do a podcast is because it is dense and rich, and there are things that they're setting up and paying off. Uh, but then I'm like, who's the, oh yeah, that guy? He's like a security guy or something. Who? What was yeah. his name? Oh yeah, that lady. Um, 
and I'll just say the the even if you're positive, I mean, I don't think we were ever very positive on the Mave storyline, and I'm kind of right back in there where I am zoning out during the Mave storyline. Well, if any of you think, uh, any, any of you listeners think that we're just two plebs who decided, ah, oh, let's just start a Westworld podcast because everyone's doing it, that's what we did over a year and a half ago. That's, we did it then, everyone was doing it then too, but Westworld is actually one of the first shows that we went really deep into discussing and picking apart all the details. And what a great, you know, decision was that uh, because we started our podcast network shows what you know which you'll find at shows what you know.com and westworld was the first one where we went episode to episode and um the reason i didn't rewatch season one is uh kind of that i remembered that feeling and i remembered a lot of sort of frustration during the season you know in the end we were overall positive on it but season one was largely built around this whole reveal that whatever you might think or feel about it um, it's kind of like, that's done now, and that was what I felt as a very positive thing going in here, and I think at the end of last season was, okay, they've done the reveal, we're finally going to see what happens after that, and Jim, you're shaking your head vigorously. Yeah, no, because I think you're insane, because we're not done, uh, yeah, we're done with that reveal, but now it's like... yeah we have this 11 day gap that we're going to be exploring and there's still like, they're still setting up a new reveal. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't get like, I don't th think that's a, res I don't think that's resolved. I don't think it's kind of like, we're, okay, now we can move on with the story. Sure. I think, but get, but don't get me wrong. I'm on the side. I, I I'm about the, the mystery. So I'm fine with that. I don't like some of the sloppiness around it though. Okay, well, we get into all the details. I, I want to like say I, I don't dislike all the reveals. I was just kind of against the major reveal of last season from the get-go, which was maybe a prejudice, maybe brought on by digging too deep into different theories and thoughts too early on and kind of having it well, ruined we for myself. Freely, we could freely talk about season one stuff, I'd say. So yeah, I'm sure. you're talking about like the Bernard reveal and like the two timelines? Yeah, like every every theory well, was true, basically. Timelines. I know some people are sticklers for that. Like if you're being specific, it's just a reveal that we're we're viewing an earlier time frame, I guess. Because some people are like yeah. it's not two timelines. It's still one timeline. Well, that's if you're talking about time travel. But anything where you describe a period of time as a timeline, yeah. that's how you use it in the real world, guys. It's not oh, always about time travel. <laughs> I agree. I've just I've seen that kind of be the back and forth in some cases. I don't want to get bogged down on it. But yes. Yeah, so, but the thing is, we're right back into it because, I mean, I, I won't say anything yet. I'll just say your general thoughts first, I guess, and then maybe we'll go we'll go into down the well, other. Well, I didn't even like honestly. We anyone who's listening to this has probably seen the first episode already. Generally speaking, I've felt uh, positive on the first episode and we'll get into the details and thoughts and, and stuff. And I'll, I'll say that in the first season, I was kind of against the whole like, oh, why do we have to try to figure everything out first? 
Now we've renamed this part of the pod. This podcast is called Westworld Theories, okay? It says right at the bottom, I got a whole wall. I'm into it now, okay? I, I know what this show is now. I think that's the difference. I, I can throw myself into it, and I can throw myself into all these crazy theories and go, hmm, what about that and that? And that's exactly what we're going to do, because usually I'm not like that. Usually I'm like, I don't want to see a preview. I don't want to see anything. I just want the story to overtake me. And then when it's a lot based around these reveals and things, it's definitely you know feeding into they they want people to have theories they want this podcast to exist and i for one at this point am happy to oblige okay well and i mean yes i understand that people have probably seen the episode but don't you know podcast formatting my guy you gotta go a non-spoiler intro you gotta give a basic feeling then you get into the breakdown uh but i'll say um the the best description I can have with my reaction is it, it completely mirrors my thoughts at the start of Game of Thrones most recent season. And I feel like if things play out in the same way, I start out negative and then I end up very positive and everyone else starts out positive and ends very negative. Like, yeah. I feel like people whatever. Maybe I'm just a contrarian against the like there's the initial hype when a show's back, it's the premiere, it's whatever. And everyone's just kind of like excited at the prospects. And with me, I'm always like, what, what is this? I gotta get back in this world again. God damn it. (laughs) But then when I'm back in the world, then I turn around. Uh, So I guess we'll see, but yes, uh, that's kind of general thoughts. I do imagine if you're on this podcast, the season two, episode one, you are ready for spoilers, but I do want to give a warning just in case you're checking for watching the episode. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Before we get into spoilers, I did want to say, if you're listening to this, thinking, who are these idiots who didn't even rewatch season one? I've watched it 18 times. Well, guess what? This is your Westworld podcast, and we do indeed have a feedback section, and you can send your theory to westworldtheory at gmail.com. We do have some feedback that we'll get into a bit later after going over the episode, but for now, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or comment on what we have to say, please email westworldtheory at gmail.com and we'll include it in the show. I also wanted to mention that we will be broadcasting live on YouTube on Tuesdays discussing yep. Westworld. Just go to youtube.com slash shows what you know. The time is going to be noon Pacific Standard Time, which is three in the afternoon in New York. It's eight in the evening in London. It's nine in the evening in Sweden, which is where I am. And if you're anywhere else, good luck figuring that out. Uh, once again, that is youtube.com slash shows what you know. Oh my God, how Westworld of us. It's all different times everywhere we are, <laughs> but we're communicating. Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you. A lot of good information there. But now, in case you are the unsullied, we will get into spoilers for season two, episode one of Westworld. Yes. So the uh, it starts with a recap, which is probably very useful. I mean, they it's like a five-minute recap of everything that's been going on, and uh means we don't really need to watch the first season again. We kind of get it. Uh, but the first thing we get into after that is, well... I'm moving too fast. This might be a long episode because the first thing we have to discuss is the intro is a little bit different, Jim. Did you notice? I did notice, although I noticed in a way of like, is this different? I think Mm -hmm. it's different (laughs) because it's been a year and a half. And I mean, most shows, it's like you take the summer off, you take a few months and then you're back. But here we are a year and a half later. Uh, Yeah, I noticed there's like a more like a water motif. I think someone holding a baby. Well, not someone like these robots that we're used to. Uh, interesting stuff. 
I didn't really dive too deep into it, honestly, though. No, yeah, that's fair. I uh, The person holding the baby, I'm pretty sure it's Maeve or supposed to look like Maeve. I, I mean, I had that thought just watching it, and then I saw someone make like a gif of like fading in her face over the person holding the baby, and it looks a lot like it's Maeve holding it, which makes sense with the whole you know story yeah. that she's going through. Absolutely. Um, there's also like a bison running instead of a horse, uh, and there's a glimpse of a mountain uh, that might be Mount Fuji in Japan, might be a slight reference to the Shogun world we might be getting into as well. Now, in season one, was it called Samurai World? Um, maybe. I don't, th I don't recall if that's actually an official... No, it is. Hang on. There's delosdestinations.com. We will, by the way, be getting into all these little Easter eggs that uh, the show producers have put out. And there you will find two, two worlds listed, Westworld and Shogun World. Um, so that it says for those for whom Westworld is not enough, the true connoisseur can go of gore can indulge their fantasies with the slash of a katana model after Japan's Edo period. The Shogun world offers a chance for guests to embrace their inner warrior in a landscape of highest beauty and darkest horror. Let your true self take shape in the land of where self-discovery is an art form. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, cause we did, we got a little preview of that, uh, in the finale last year. Um, I will say, uh, going back to what we were talking about beforehand, I mean, I guess it's a little bit easier to swallow because we understand what Westworld is. It's like you said, like you're in the show now. So yeah. you, you understand that we're seeing different points in time. Um, yeah. because I mean, we're seeing flashes, uh, even some of the small flashes where we see, uh, where we see what's her name in like kind of a dress in the city. Uh, Dolores, I'm sorry, spaced for a moment, but we see Dolores in like kind of a black dress real quick and some of uh, Arnold's flashes. Now, that could either be some weird past or future or somehow within the time frame, the 11 lost days that could either be, quote, what the real world might be or it might yet be another park city world, I imagine they would call it. Uh, so I bet I mean, like, I guess my thing is I'm enticed by that stuff. Yeah. I'm very interested in Bernard. Uh, I'm very interested in Dolores. And I'm not really interested in Maeve and um, her writer friend. And uh, what was kind of... Oh, and I'm not interested in Tessa Thompson, really. Uh, just because I'm not a fan. Um, okay. But I guess that's kind of like... That's the mixed bag I'm getting. It's just sometimes when we're getting to some of these other storylines, uh, I zone out a bit. And I think the other thing is... And this is more my fault because it's, you know, it's season two, episode one. So it's designed to kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. So, but it felt some of the stuff felt like uh, like a retreat of season one stuff. But I mean, that's probably by design because we got to get everyone back up to speed and back into Westworld mode. Yeah. Uh, I will say I liked the I like some of the style choices, choices like with the music and stuff. It felt like a. um like a cyberpunk uh, style movie with the way some of the music choices were and like seeing the, the militarized vehicles and of mm -hmm. course all the gore and blood. So all that stuff is very cool. 
Yes, uh, to summarize the beginning, we do get first a scene with Bernard and Dolores. Speaking of bridging the gap to, gap to season one, there were about a million of these scenes of them talking together in like an underground place. We have kind of an increased letterboxing thing going on. And if I know Westworld, that's going to mean something later. Um, but yeah, they're having a conversation. And on the surface, it seems like this would be the period of time, like this would be real Arnold from 35 years ago is the impression I got, at least on the surface, because she's acting very much like a robot um, who's just starting to develop, and he's talking about how that's happening. So that's sort of the surface interpretation of that. Um, but there's, a, there's also a few lines where she's like, we are beautiful things or something like that, or um, like there's a few lines that sound more like enlightened. Like I, I'll call her woke Dolores. <laughs> Good. Uh, rather than robot Dolores. But well, ha hang on. Sorry to cut you off, but don't we have to call present day Dolores woke Dolores and everything before not woke Dolores? Basically, yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. But, but the, the other thing, but the hint is basically the hint I'm getting at in, and I mean this is Westworld theories. We're seeing future clips as well. Like we're yeah. seeing stuff down the line. I think that's, uh, yeah, for sure. But just this first scene, uh, I think she also mentioned, or he says, you know, he had a dream about, I don't recall exactly, but he's on a boat and he was left behind. And that very much mirrors what happens exactly afterwards, which makes it feel like, is it really that far ago? Or maybe it's in his head. Maybe it's in her head. Who knows? Um, but either way, yeah, it's, it sets the tone. And then we get these quick flashes as you mentioned, um, of Dolores in a black dress. I couldn't quite make out the background enough to say that she was in a city or not, um, but it's definitely very different garb that we've never seen her in. Future world. Mark my words, future world. It's a place. Okay. Sure. It. And I think um, it, maybe it, it was Tomorrowland. No, that's Disney. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Disney buys everything, though. I wouldn't be surprised if Delos is a subsidiary. Um, the quick flashes he sees, he sees Bernard sees himself clutching his head, sort of screaming. He sees um, Ford getting shot in the back of the head. Uh, and then he, he sees Peter Abernathy, um, who's the father of Dolores in the storyline. And he sees like a skull, uh, like a, a host being put together, presumably by one of these arms. And he sees something from the red room, the control room, where there's a lot of fighting going on and himself firing one of these Uzi type things with a very non-Bernard look on his face. He looks like a, a killer, basically. And there's mm -hmm. fighting going on in there in the war room. And that's pretty much summarizes what happens until we get the shot, very significant shot of his glasses being washed away because that's the thing that's helping us determine what time we're in as we're going back and forth. He doesn't have the glasses, it's present, and he does have them, it's the past. Again, can you hear my air quotes? Because we're not sure of any of this. Yes, and, and real quick, Future World was the movie sequel to Westworld. Just ah. a quick footnote for you. Good. So um, then he wakes up. The line that's also clearly very important, is this now? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good that you mentioned that. That's the question we'll be asking ourselves throughout the whole season, I feel. Yeah, can um, we name the podcast? Can we rename our <laughs> podcast, is this now? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, so Stubbs is there, as you mentioned. Like Stubbs, that's his name. Thank you. Yes. 
And he comes in and he says, gonna shoot the boss when someone's threatening Bernard, which is a line that Bernard said to him when they were going down to the, like in the first episode, they were going to the sub-basement where Ford was drinking with a host. And Bernard said to him, are you gonna shoot the boss? Because he was pointing it at Ford. Now he gets to repeat the line. Of course, he's a host. Everyone's a host. I feel like I need to amend that to every sentence I say. These people are hosts. These people are hosts. Just to hedge my bets. I did forget that there was the theory of Stubbs as a host. There, they do Stubbs, show... Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, does Stubbs himself know he's a host, do you think? Um, I, do, I don't even know if Stubbs is a host, but I will say he does get tackled, and they even show it in the flashback that he gets tackled by uh, these sort of native-looking people um, yeah. because there was, as, as the new boss mentions... Um, you were in charge of the biggest loss of life and blah, 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 or whatever. He got tackled, and we don't know how he got out of that. So if he wasn't a host before, maybe he is now. Well, and this is where some of my disconnect starts to come up because, you know, as we're told, it's been like 11 days or what have you since the uh, finale, the shooting, and the, the robot uprising. And this is kind of, it's forgivable, obviously, because it's a TV show. It's very Lost-like. Mm-hmm. where you find Bernard washed up on shore 11 days after an uprising and you just freely accept that he doesn't remember what happened and you let him like just hang out with you and stuff given i mean again his logic of a tv show so you know drama purposes and whatnot but that's where i'm like no you would put this guy away let's we need to look into this what's going on here why is he even alive why does he not remember anything this guy is a host <laughs> What, what you're describing is the sort of disconnect that I was feeling through a lot of the first season where a lot of stuff was happening where I felt, this doesn't make any sense. And then later that they revealed something that made it make sense didn't make those episodes good where it was just people acting in a way that didn't make sense. It didn't explain all that away. So with that said, like on the surface, you're right. It, it, it all feels kind of odd. And I feel that's possibly going to play into some sort of reveal one theory i've seen suggested is that these people already know bernard is a host but they're still trying to extract information from him and people have even even suggested that this isn't the first time he's woken up on this beach this is a loop they're taking him through to try to excavate stuff from his brain and memory uh that's one of the versions i've seen anyway they did mention in that theory that oh they didn't offer him any water or they didn't do this and that although we do kind of cut so it's possible that that happened in between but then again, it is Westworld, so who knows? Yeah, okay, that's fair. Fair enough. It is the type of show where uh, they will purposely kind of get you off kilter uh, because it is setting up some sort of reveal. So, I mean, I could definitely buy that, uh, and I guess we'll see where we go from here. Having not watched uh, season one recently, I was sort of like, it, it's kind of hard characters where they're at to figure out like in their brain like I couldn't even recall like okay does Bernard know he's a host does like who knows what and who wants what at this point because people get reset and they change their minds and they were lying all along and they wanted something different but I guess from the way he stops and looks at hosts being shot it's pretty clear already that he remembers that he is a host because 
who gives a shit if you're just shooting uh, hosts, really, because they can be brought back to life. I'm not saying that they're worthless. I'm saying because you bring them back to life all the time. That's the whole thing of the park. So you should, wouldn't be that shocked at them getting shot unless you were thinking, hey, that could have been me. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing, and especially, I mean, later on when they kill the stable boy. Yeah. Uh, I do understand it's kind of like these people are bad because they'll do that, but then I also completely get the rationale. Like, you don't know. As far as you're concerned, I like, okay, uh, in the real life, ATMs have come alive and they've, they're killing people. And then someone's like, that's just a, a, a Walmart kiosk. That's not an ATM. I'll be like, I don't give a fuck. That's close enough. Yes. Smash the shit out of this thing, you know? Yes, uh, absolutely. And then he does meet, uh, what's his name? Carl Strand in this show. A is Swede. That new, is that the new boss? The bald guy? Yeah. Yes. And cool he's guy. Swedish. I enjoy him. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's because he's Swedish. He's got that natural Swedish charisma. Probably. His name is Gustav Skarsgård, uh, brother of other Skarsgårds uh, that you may have seen. Uh, if you've seen Vikings, he's Floki in that one, and he appears in... I mean, he's he's a good actor. Okay. He's in a lot of stuff. What? Okay, is that really a character name? Yeah. They just took Loki and added F to it. I was going to say, this is Thory. Like, come on. Well, it is based... I mean, it's... <laughs> Jim, it makes sense because you know you name people after religious figures and how many it's Vikings. Oh yeah, how many goddamn scars guards are there? Jesus Christ! We have lost control of them, like the hosts. They have taken over Hollywood. We ha we no longer know. That's a terrible secret. <laughs> well, the, the way you were just like tr um, pronouncing it, I wasn't sure if I was thinking of the same scars guards because I say scars guard, you say whatever you said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now it's what Pennywise and the fucking dude from True Blood, and then this guy, and isn't the guy, isn't that other guy their dad? Yep. So there's yeah. four, basically. <laughs> no, that's true. You you nailed it. I mean, there's Bill, Alexander, Gustav, and Stellan. If you want to know. Too many. <laughs> yeah, too many. So we gotta talk about the fact that when he meets him, Bernard repeats a line that he's saying. And that's something that everyone has noticed because it's very sort of clearly telegraphed and I don't know what it means. Do you know what it means? What's the line? I'm trying to find it right now, but... Uh, well, first let's mention this, that uh, he's talking to some people who are speaking in Chinese saying that your country has signed a thing so we have the rights over this whole island. Um, does that mean it's in sort of the Chinese sea or does this mean that it's the future and every sea is Chinese, Jim? Yeah. Cause that's interesting. Cause we're still getting to the point of like, where is Westworld? Uh, you know, there was all, there was the theory that it was on the moon or something. I don't and remember if we made that up or not. <laughs> we didn't make it up. No, well, not necessarily the moon, but we didn't make it up. There were people that thought it was off planet for sure. And I mean, now with all this water motif, a lot of people think it's underwater. Uh, I've seen, uh, and I, and, okay. and even before the new intro, which plays with water, and of course, this episode water is very important with uh, some drowned hosts. But uh, I still don't get where we're going with that one—that they're underwater somewhere. Yeah, um, it feels like it would be kind of pointless. Um, I mean, it's almost more cool if it's just a weird island that a corporation owns instead of a country and has turned into this weird thing. I mean, if they wanted to, they could do it. What, what's that movie? Dark City type reveal where well, I'm not going to say exactly what, but we've talked about, you know, it could be on the moon or whatever. Um, they could, but if they do, that's going to be in like two seasons. So I'm not too concerned about it. Um, so he comes up 
the Skarsgård or Strand and says, it's nice to meet you, though the circumstances are less than ideal. And Bernard sort of repeats the less than ideal part. Uh, okay, so people are wondering if that's a new that's the season two's violent delights. <laughs> <laughs> Less than ideal. Less uh, than ideal. <laughs> well, I was thinking of it, or people have mentioned that it could be in relation to he's been through this before, or something about his memory, or something about Carl Strand being a weirdo, or who knows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, again, like we're saying before, this is Westworld. Usually stuff like that is not a coincidence, so I'm sure there will be some sort of payoff. Uh, or, yeah, it could even be another code of like, hey, I'm a host as well. You're a host. All right. Let's, <laughs> you know? Yes, and I, I mean, the way that could make sense is if the whole thing is part of the narrative. I mean, Ford was messing around with a lot of shit, doing a lot of secret stuff. Could be Carl Strand and all these people are also part of the story in one way or another. Although that would be, I mean... It seems on the surface that that would be silly because why would you do that? I, I well, no, I'm definitely waiting for that. Yeah, reveal at some point of wherever they're going, whatever they're trying to find. It's like, oh my god, this is Ford's last narrative. We're in the narrative. Like that's kind. Of, I feel that's ine- inevitable. I don't even think that's a theory. No, like, yeah. You know, Thor, uh, Thor, uh, Ford <laughs> kicked this all in motion with his death and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where we go with that. Well, I mean, the surface reading would be that his last narrative is when the hosts don't only take over Westworld, not only the parks, but like Dolores even says it, he, she wants to take the whole world. That's the only way they're going to be safe. So that seems like it would be his final narrative. For sure. And I mean, there's a line. It might not be in the episode. It might be in the this season on Westworld. But the I believe it's Bernard. And he says... Um, this world is but like a grain of sand on a much larger world or something like that. So yeah, it's all about uncovering these other worlds, but not thus just the West worlds of us and the Shogun worlds and the future worlds, but the real world. We need to get into the real world. Yes. And I'm excited for that. And I mean, we already brushed against it, but I'm also kind of excited about seeing these other worlds too i mean i know it's kind of a an obvious thing to be excited for but i just wanted to mention i'm into the edo period of japan like let's see that shit and all these six other worlds that uh supposedly are out there um then they go and uh we dig into a guy's skull and yep. we we've done like they uncovered the map which was so important last season and basically say that's some bullshit get that out of here like we don't care about that anymore saying to the viewer don't worry about that maze thing anymore uh what's really important is deeper down and i don't think we ever saw this in season one if you dig into a brain you get a little capsule thing and it kind of has the um the records and i suppose everything about the person is stored there considering that it's in the brain uh so they plug it out and see that dolores killed this guy saying not everyone gets to go to the valley beyond yeah and um i'm ashamed to admit this but uh (laughs) okay my thoughts during this scene like showing like how much i was kind of like a little bit annoyed with westworld is uh he takes the brain out or the little like the big chip, the circular chip, what have you from the host brain um, and puts it on like a tablet. But yeah. he had the tablet on the beach. And all I'm thinking is like that tablet would be so sandy and dirty. There's no <laughs> way to do. 
full of this stuff. <laughs> That's true. I mean, when they do show it, it's kind of like way too clear. If they put some dust and blood on it, it would have been a bit more believable. Um, but speaking of these brain boxes, uh, I feel like this is the mechanic they're introducing now as a setup to something later. And uh, that also relates to some of the feedback we got. But basically, now anyone can be in anybody too. It's not just anyone can be a host, but hey, do a little uh, yeah. switcheroo and anyone can be anyone. Just uh, bear that in mind. Yeah, that's a great point. And especially because, I mean, they've already kind of set it up a little bit with the whole uh, Wyatt thing and how Wyatt is like wired into Dolores. And I mean, they they kind of make passing reference to it in this episode, but now she's kind of supposed to be a new thing. Um, so yeah, get ready for Brain Swap, Freaky Friday, uh, kick-ass stuff coming up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so then we go back in time and start seeing Bernard's escape um, with these other sort of bumbling people who are also trying to get out of there uh, from Delos or wherever. And um, this is back when all the hosts are reprogrammed to think you're just, or yeah, see you as hosts so they can kill you. Uh, the whole the whole Ford thing. So they're shooting a lady uh, who has a bottle on her head and they're hiding in the stables. And as you said, there's a stable boy who they need to murder the shit out of. Um, and importantly, Bernard notices some fluid leaking out of his ear, which comes up later. Um, but basically, yeah, they, they just get on out of there. Well, this is all classic zombie movie trope stuff. Yeah. The way I kind of break it down. Where Bernard is the guy that was bit by a zombie, but is hiding it. And then mm -hmm. you have the the white guy that's like, we got to do this for us. Or, I'm not dying here. Like, he, And he's always making the rash decisions before. Even though Bernard's the bit person, he might be thinking a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, enjoy, I, I it was a horrifying setup. I liked the way this played out because, you know, the hosts are doing their thing, but they have no emotion about it. And that guy's got what the milk dripping out of his mouth and all that. Mm -hmm. And they're just shooting this lady and like kind of rounding up scared people and getting their revenge. I like that the other hosts, it doesn't, I mean, I said getting their revenge. It doesn't come off like they're getting their revenge for, for Dolores. It is because she has the understanding Mm -hmm. For the host, it's like they're still in a weird programming in a way. It's not a full enlightenment. So I kind of like to see where that goes. And of course, we see a bit with that when she's talking to Teddy and trying to explain to him like fully what's going on. But no one else is really getting it. Yes, everyone else has just been like the safety's been taken off. Um, but speaking of Dolores's revenge, that's the next scene. Basically, we see how she's been hunting people down, uh, shooting the the heck out of them, and she's putting three people on crosses. Oh, and they're playing the the song "The Entertainer" as well in a, in a nice sort of musical montage. Da 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 da. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just gunning people down like crazy. And um, this is where I also uh, like mentioned that people are getting reset all the time. Season one, it was kind of like, how are we supposed to attach to Dolores? Not only is she in different time streams, uh, she's also being reset and manipulated one way or another. But now in this scene, she basically explains things to the viewer of like, I was Wyatt and I was Dolores and now I'm me and I combined everything. And I'm not going to shoot you in the mouth, but I am going to put you on these crosses. So uh, you die later. Yeah, it's still pretty Wyatt to me, but uh, yeah. I'll allow it. it. It was a little too, um, she was a little too witty with her lines, I felt, when she's like, doesn't look like anything to me. Mm -hmm. It felt too, 
like action movie one-liner, I guess. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it works. It's the line you say when you're a host being tricked into not being able to see something important. So, but it's, it, I don't know. He made me roll my eyes a little bit. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, that's also part of the Wyatt personality of this flair for the dramatic, which she apparently has inherited and kept with her because she likes doing little speeches to people she's about to kill. Uh, does she become less sympathetic to you in this episode? I mean, she granted uh these people did put her through a lot or people associated with these people but uh they never murdered her people permanently but they kind of did when they put them in storage but they weren't really people but were they it's complicated well i think it works really well because evan rachel wood is such a great choice and what we've seen with season one and just kind of the the meta narrative of the damsel in distress getting her revenge like if you look at it in the realm of all like uh, if if fiction was all real and all these characters we made up came back for revenge for what we put them through as, yeah. you know, just trying to entertain ourselves with drama. I think it still kind of works. Yeah. Um, you know, it wouldn't work if it was like Teddy and Teddy's even if Teddy still went through all these hardships of over and over again, having his family taken from him and all this stuff. It's still He's like action guy, and we're like, go screw. But you know, poor little Evan Rachel Wood, poor little Dolores getting her revenge. It's I think it's still there's still some lingering there. Yes. Speaking of people she might uh, need to get revenge on, we move on to the man in black, William, um, who I barely recognize without his hat uh, <laughs> as he's waking up and uh, kind of has this little exchange with another lone wolf, kind of staring staring in the eyes of a wolf for some reason. He, I mean, he's literally got dead bodies on him and he just sort of pulls himself up, uh, which is interesting. They kind of made sure everyone else was super dead. Um, wonder if uh, there's some connection with uh, his involvement with Dolores and whatever. Um, but hey, that's for another time. So he yeah. basically runs off and has a little action sequence on his own before getting his hat back. It's nice because... Um... We, like uh from what we know of him from season one it's kind of like he's getting what he wants this is what he wanted like the game is real now um so if anyone's going to get some enjoyment out of that it'll be the man in black because i didn't he i think he kind of had a moment in the finale too where he's like a little smirk when he was like actually yeah. really get hurt so it's like we get to see an extension of that and now it's like he doesn't have his infinity lives anymore and he gets to play the game like you know uh real life status uh yeah you know how people who cheat at video games are always like if only this was harder if only i was getting pwned more physically and hurt uh i mean i guess it makes sense because he's kind of you know his whole personality and his whole thing in season one is he's completely detached from everything and this is the only way he feels excitement so yeah he gets to cut people's throats but they actually stay dead and uh he'll he'll get hurt too and isn't that exciting yeah. What a weirdo. Yeah, I mean, I never said he's health. He's a healthy person, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> or and then I guess there's also a case of like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I mean that's the thing as well. I mean, he did all this to get. I mean, he he he's like a major stockholder in Delos or whatever. Like he's kind of the boss there, as far as I remember. And uh, yet he's the one who decided this was a good idea. But he was looking for the middle of the maze. But the maze was kind of like bullshit in his opinion. 
I think, but then he did get what he wanted. This is what I'm talking about when it's kind of hard to keep track of characters, but it's made very clear that he likes violence and when it's permanent. Yeah, and and then like because the the thing with the maze was the maze was just like getting to the consciousness of the hosts. That's why it was like the maze isn't for you. Yeah, uh, but then you know, I forget if it was this episode or whatever where it's like they're kind of like okay, you've proven yourself. The maze is for you, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that does sound familiar. Um, so then you were mentioning you weren't as on board with Maeve's storyline. Well, this is where we get into it with this writer guy who's being threatened. And then Maeve comes in and uh, gets his bacon out of the fire. But, and she's all shocked about that. I'll say that I never really liked that writer type character. And he, not that he's like uh, a gem now, but he's more likable because he's being put in a situation where he has something to struggle against because before he was just obnoxious and complaining over nothing. And now he's constantly almost getting killed, which makes him a bit more likable by default. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take me a little bit to get on board with this buddy cop movie that they're setting up with Maeve <laughs> yeah. and the writer guy. Cause yeah, I'm with you. Like the writer guy was kind of annoying. I liked the idea of him in the first season because he represented like the hack guy. Um, and now it seems like he's going to be around more. And I'm not saying it's bad. I don't think it's bad yet. I'm just, I got to warm up to the idea of him being around more and if it's going to be worth it. Uh, and my big thing with this Maeve storyline is I, I mean, I, if you listen to the podcast, I definitely read the moment wrong and I'm still not on board with what's happening here. The episode does spell it out. Like he does say your child, like, cause my whole thing is your child's not real. This is not a real thing. And yeah. Yeah, I don't buy that this shows that it's she's above her programming because it seems like it'd be the most programmable thing for her to do is to have this connection to her child host. You know what I mean? Like yes. I saw it as her getting off the train was a program thing. But from what the writer said is that's supposed to show her first real choice. But I've just not sold fully on it yet. Yes. Here's what I think uh, about that. It's that they've made it clear that Dolores, the way she's become real is by merging her different personalities together and sort of taking the whole of her experience and making it one thing. And maybe, I guess the way it was probably thought out is in season one, she's playing the character of the madam, but when she starts connecting to her previous memories, she's absorbing them into the same character and the same person, meaning that, no, it's not just programming, that was also part of who she was, and this is part of who she is, and it's been merged together or is merging together i felt the same way though about the moment it wasn't really clear it that it was a choice that she that was supposed to be empowering for her choosing to stay behind in this park rather than go out into the world but i also seem to recall that uh she what i thought was happening was that she was smuggling something out of the park i thought later in this episode when bernard and what's her face are from delos are talking about um, talking about things being smuggled out of the park. They say it's Peter Abernathy. And I was totally, completely sure that it would be Maeve because I thought that was the whole thing where, where they questioned, why are you trying to get out of this park? No, this is also part of the narrative, that that was programmed into her to smuggle something out. And I seriously thought that the, the story was going to be, okay, we need to find Maeve because she has the code. But no, it was Peter Abernathy, which makes me a bit unsure about what was programmed as far as her getting out or not. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that actually, I, I forgot that angle as well. Everything else you said uh, makes sense and it kind of does help it a bit for me as far as the merging of the personalities and kind of creating a new thing. But I forgot the idea that she is potentially smuggling something out. And I think you're still onto something and that may come up because I do remember like, Bernard was kind of somehow involved, like when he would look at Maeve's stuff back in season one, and like yeah, he somehow unknowingly knew or Ford knew. And of course, there is like uh, there was that flash to how uh, Dolores is kind of the one that said the the line to her uh, to kind of kick everything in motion. It is what's exciting to me though, of is Maeve and Dolores meeting because it does feel like they're the two most woke uh, yes. <laughs> we know. Yeah. And it does feel like it's probably going to set up more of like one's going to be kind of the the hero and one is going to be the villain. And it, I mean, it does seem like maybe Maeve would be the hero, maybe at least because she's not just killing humans on sight yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, as she goes through it. But we'll see. I mean, I could be totally reading that wrong. But Jim, I, I was about to interject and say, but what about Bernard? But actually, he might be the least woke of all the hosts, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because Bernard, Bernard gets woke, but then he gets broke, and he's got to <laughs> fix himself, and then he gets unwoke again, and then when he gets woke again, it's just a whole cycle with him. This sounds like a great time to remind you all to subscribe to the Westworld Theories podcast feed. Yes, it is a new podcast feed, and we would appreciate and appreciate any positive let me stress positive reviews that you could leave uh please bear that in mind uh as we continue this discussion of broken woke bernard uh broken work and set up and everyone else rushes in and gets killed oh yes yeah it, it kind of looked you'd if you ran across that with everything that was happening i mean i guess i understand you would think that even if that stuff's happening that someone is gonna come out to save you it just looked like such a trap, but uh, and it was. And uh, now it's down to Bernard and Tessa Thompson. I can't think of her character name at the moment. Charlotte Hale, I think. Um, but yes, I mean, it looks like a trap, but then they've only seen hosts who are just reprogrammed to take the safety off. They haven't seen hosts who can understand cars and shit. Uh, so I, I guess it would make sense. But Bernard does notice that this is off and uh, runs off with uh, Charlotte. And uh, yeah, I guess he says like, oh, they were heading for one access point, but this is the reveal that they Delos has their own secret sort of uh, little hidey holes hidden throughout Westworld that Bernard didn't even know about. Yeah, yeah. And I do the, um, uh, what do they call it? That weird host, like the kind of... Uh... The host that's just like organs and all white and whatever. I thought that was creepy as shit and uh, kind of a cool design. Uh, I guess we'll have to see what that really pays off with. Um, oh, but before that, though, there was a point where Maeve, they kind of got me because when Maeve uh, almost gets turned on by the writer, not turned yeah. on, but uh, mm -hmm. betrayed. Yeah. And, and she makes a comment about his little dick. And I was like, oh, little dick. But then they saved it because yeah. it was like the line he wrote. So you can have your cake and eat it too, Westworld. Yeah, I did like that. I mean, I think we all had the same thing of like, what? That's kind of a shitty line. But that's worked perfectly because he's the shitty line writer. Uh, so, yeah, that, that aspect of the buddy cop thing works almost. Yes, I was a drone host. That's what it was. And yeah, then we see there's like another brain extraction going on. They are hitting us with this uh, new angle here of letting us know that 
They're the little white cylinders we could pull out and view memories or have a whole consciousness uh, saved in. Yes, and you know the drone hosts are a good choice just uh, thematically as far as Bernard coming face to face with the fact that he is a host and coming face to face with these weird ass things that we haven't seen before. I think where it's just like a blank, like it's, it looks like the the mascot of uh, the the school and community, uh, the human beings. It looks kind of like that. Very disturbing. Um, so yes, uh, they're, they're, uh, go ahead. And I had a quick question. Um, are we supposed to think, or is Bernard supposed to think that the DNA test was not going to work, or do hosts have DNA? That's what I, I was kind of lost on. Like, is that supposed to be a tense moment that he can, you know, when he has to touch the handle and get in and like, don't worry, he's coded to your DNA. But I mean, I guess he's still Bernard, even if he's Arnold. I like, I don't know. Was I supposed to be, was there supposed to be tension there? Um, well, yes, I think there was supposed to be tension because he, uh, he doesn't know what that thing does. And maybe it kind of checks something more than he wanted to get checked. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, where it's like, I mean, hosts clearly have DNA, right? I or guess. do they? I mean, I know they have, they bleed or whatever, and they can get shot. Yeah. But, all right. Okay. Um, Go, and then, yeah, so the man in black, uh, man in black, oh, because, yeah, he, he finds the remnants of that camp, and then we get little boy Ford uh, who shows up. Because, yeah, little boy Ford, I think, is the one that says he does show he's worthy of the maze, or, like, the maze can be for you. That's where the line was. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I wasn't really paying attention to what little boy, what the little boy was saying. He was just kind of there to get shot and to say like, "Oh yeah, the the maze was never for you," or maybe it was. What does he say exactly? I can't. Well, but remember. the other thing is, is because they keep doing the trick on his voice, like with like blending it to robotic to Anthony Hopkins. It's kind of hard to make out fully what he was saying. But I, I, I'm pretty sure he did say like the maze was for you but then you know he shoots the little boy forward because it's like hey this is a new game and uh i'm ready to do it i'm i'm man in black uh william yeah i'll i'll shoot whoever i don't care i'll shoot a kid and he does just kind of for good riddance i suppose um and you know we also have mave meeting up with her robot lover and uh them deciding to uh to uh get him naked get him into some Westworld clothes so he can travel or travel around with them through the park and everything that's going on. Yeah. And she makes him show her him, his dick and us, the audience, we get to see his dick as well because there are a lot of complaints that HBO shows too many breasts and not enough dicks. Apparently. Yeah. So we're going to get the dicks out there, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm just waiting for the clits. When are they going to show the clits on these shows? You know? <laughs> Well, the reason it doesn't feel that gratuitous to me is that they've made such a point within the show of like undressing these hosts and putting them in this sort of super vulnerable situation where she does that kind of just because, but it's because she's also been put in that situation so many times and he wants him to feel a little well, bit what that's like. But that's the reason why it didn't work for me is because I never thought that they're robots. They never thought anything of it. It's not a thing. And and it would almost seem like, I mean, I guess what she knows of people because they upped her stats or whatever, her XP's through the roof, that she understands that it's uncomfortable for people. But it just didn't ring true to me because I never thought of it as the that the host 
had any second guesses on it. I get we as the audience kind of pick up as like, aha, what's good for the goose, huh? But just from a, a host character point of view, I wouldn't think that they would have cared ever. Uh, I would have thought that it made sense to me because she's actually been awake while they've been doing weird operations and stuff to her in uh, in season one. Like all the other hosts haven't really been aware of that, but she has. So, uh, well, I mean, but yeah, if, if she had to take out take out his appendix or something, I guess I would understand. I just still I never thought even when she was awake as a, like a nude host, it just never registered as a as an issue at all. Yeah, sure. I guess it's just about bringing them down to the same level to make them realize rather than anything to do with getting satisfaction for themselves. Or maybe she just wants him to have a genuine Westworld experience without the 21st or 22nd or 23rd century underpants. Yeah, I guess it's just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it just didn't work for me. But either way. Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, we have uh, Dolores uh, talking to... Ted is that his name? Why do I forget? Uh, his guy, her guy, Teddy. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of explaining to him what's uh, like, what's really happening. Like to, to Teddy, it's like we killing people, right? Cool, let's do it. Yeah, and he seems a little uh, <laughs> seems a little unsure about. Hey, what are we doing? Why don't we go and get a little farm somewhere? Showing that he's definitely not woke. Where she's like, oh, why would we go and get a farm somewhere when society's so corrupted? We need to go and fight the power. And he's kind of like, oh, I just wanted to go and do a thing. Oh, and uh, thank you. Yeah, Jonathan in the chat. Uh, Robot Kid Ford, he did talk about a door to uh, mm. Winnie. That's so, right. Yeah, that's he's right. kind of like upping. It's upping his maze goal. Like, you got the maze. That's season one. Now find the door. Yes, um, exactly. Now, in the whole, um, in the whole little secret Delos hideout, uh, Bernard is noticing that he's been suffering more and more from uh, from these uh, these impairments and uh, shaken more and more throughout the episode because of the whole white fluid thing. So his solution is to zap some of that out of a host and squirt it into his own brain. Uh, he does know more about how they work than I do, so I, I guess that adds up and makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's what the liquid is. Little brain is floats floats around in. It was leaking, so he had to get a nice fill up from this other one. And yes. in, in uh, this is like another like sequence that didn't fully work for me because they like cheated the area a little bit, uh, which is fine. I mean, Bernard can't get found out, but it they make it seem like she's like right across the way. Um, and as he's like shooting up his uh, brain. And she's giving small glances and I'm like, does she not see what he's doing? But then we find out that he's like kind of around a corner acting very suspicious and weird. <laughs> but uh, I guess he's Bernard. And so, yeah, he gets away with it. Uh, and they have a, a lock on potentially finding the Abernathy hosts that they need to smuggle out. Because that's all the other thing, too. Like. She was kind of a villain, I guess, in the eyes of Ford. But maybe she's not a villain now because I guess we don't know enough about these other people that want to take over the company. And yeah. If we're if we want them to smuggle out this information or we don't want to smuggle out this information. But then at the at this point. What do you need to smuggle out? Is it specific info or can you take one of these hosts that are right here? And if, if it's just finding the host algorithm, can't you like, you know, reverse engineer one of them? I don't know. It's It's all very vague to me. Well. That's something I wanted to talk about because it seems like they mentioned DNA 
and it seems like it has more to do with logging the DNA of visitors to the park and that that's been kept hidden and stored kind of Facebook-esque and that that is the actually valuable information that needs to get out. So it's not in any any old hosts. It's like, I assume everything is like DNA operated in the future. You just touch a thing. I mean, we saw them touch a door and it opens. So if you have the DNA of all the rich people who go to Westworld, that might be more valuable than uh, some old robot. True. Yeah, you're right. Because I was sitting there worrying about whether Bernard should be concerned about his DNA. But yeah, you're right. They did specifically point that out, that they have um, guest DNA, basically, from going into the park. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a retcon, but whatever. Yeah, no, that, I also felt like, hmm, they, this is one of the things they came up with during that year, I think, uh, that that might be more important than the rest of the stuff. So the episode is... Oh, Go ahead. I was going to say one other thing, and it, and it it's, it totally feels like we're waiting for that moment where it's like she does know he's a host, and maybe he is the host that they're trying to smuggle out. Mm, that's pretty interesting. Um, yes. So then we jump into the future again, uh, supposedly, and see how uh, how I, I think they find the whole yeah they, where where the whole meeting thing happened at the start and they see all the corpses and they're kind of talking to Bernard like you remember any of this and as you mentioned at the start it's kind of weird that they're just like can you remember anything at all and they're not like what are you talking about man you were right here like are you a human or what <laughs> like uh, but yeah they're being very soft and gentle with him as he walks around with the most per perplexed expression ever throughout the whole episode um well, and, and then that that's one thing at least for us the audience his corruption can explain why he doesn't remember stuff so at least mm -hmm. we the audience can be with bernard because it, like i think even the computer says like you know uh motor functions down and memory fragments and loss of time so at least we the audience can get that he's had these weird um this this weird like defect or injury and that could potentially still keep leaking out and causing issues but yeah it's just as the the military he's with would be like what the fuck you don't remember yes <laughs> yes and we get a glimpse of ford who got shot in the eye just like uh just like in the wyatt narrative from last season it's the same sort of thing that dolores has been repeating over and over and then they go and they see a dead tiger right yeah, they, they find a dead tiger they mentioned, I believe, was from Park 6. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, you know, that's never happened. Like, we've never had, like, animals wander, like, cross parks before. I wonder if that'll come up again. Now, as I mentioned, we do go into kind of the um, little Easter eggs and things that have been put out uh, over time. And uh, it's not officially confirmed. Like, it's not on the Delos website. If you try to go to any world beyond... Uh, Westworld and Shogun World, you get just corrupted stuff and it says like authorized personnel only, so you can't access that. But if you take a weird IP address from the Super Bowl ad and you decode that shit and you find a certain file and you make it a little GIF and stuff, you get the name Raj World, um, which basically is in reference to India. And uh, the British Raj was when they basically just made India part of their empire. They have tigers there. So uh, that's probably what that's about. Ah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So um, then there is uh, a bunch of dead people in a newly formed uh, sea. Yes, that was the other thing. They basically are like, oh, the um, the canyon's up over here. And then they're like, what the? F- this is a sea. Mm-hmm. And, and they mentioned that Ford couldn't have done this on his own without anyone, without other people knowing. So, you know, what's going on? Are we in this new narrative? Yes, we are. Clearly we are. Yes. And uh, the big cluster of hosts that were that they thought were all like hunkering down together. They're all basically floating dead in the sea, including which I wasn't sure at first, but that's Teddy, right? Oh, is that? I mean, that's also I didn't know. Like they were really hanging on this dead body. And I was like, eh, who's that supposed to be? But yeah. I guess that would make a lot of sense. I think, yeah, it's because he's all bloated and dead. So it's hard to fully see and he's underwater. But. From what I saw, other people assumed it was Teddy as well. So I do, I guess it's supposed to be Teddy. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so since we're at the end of the episode, I was going to bring us into the feedback section um, where we did get him. A... We oh. should just say, and then Bernard says, I killed them. Oh, yeah. Bernard does say, uh, say that uh, he killed them, which actually ties into the feedback section. It was Jonathan from the chat who wrote in and said, uh, hello, Jacob and Jim. I've heard that you're going to talk about Westworld season two. Here's my thoughts on the first episode. It was a good episode. A lot of setup for this season, which is expected since most of the storylines were resolved last season. Uh, it was fun to see two Swedish actors playing two new characters this season. Um, who's who's the other one? I don't even know. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Um, Sweden down. Yeah, yep. And the show still has great production quality. However, I had some problems with character motivation this episode. I didn't understand why May would need uh, Sismore, like the writer, especially after he tried to betray her right away. <laughs> they they tried to explain it, but I still didn't buy into it. How do you feel about that? I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm in agreement. That's kind of what I was saying. I wasn't yeah. really buying um, this buddy cop movie that they're setting up. I guess yep. it makes sense. Well, nah. I mean, it, it's such a flimsy thing where she needs a guide to get around, but maybe she was only in Sweetwater or she doesn't know where her previous uh, place is like exactly to get there. So, yeah. Well, they maxed out her stats, and I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to figure all this stuff out. But yeah, uh, I was more on board with it. I, uh, Jonathan also wrote, I didn't understand why William would kill the young robot version of Robert. Uh, what was his motivation? I can understand that the writers wanted to get rid of the kids since the kid actor would age and look dif- different in a couple of years. Uh, the show motivated it with, I guess I don't need you anymore, Robert, which felt... Uh, more like an excuse than like a character motivation. I just felt like it was because uh, we're shooting people all the time every day now. Yeah, it was more a symbolic thing. Um, and I guess more in a meta sense of like, it's a whole new world, baby. Like strap in audience, you know, forget the past. We're moving on. That's kind of how I saw it. It did. It still was kind of like, eh, you know, what, why do you do that? But Maybe it's because it's still, since it's like a version of Ford, maybe there's secrets there or something he needed to hide. But he better hope that that little white box or white ball was destroyed. Yes. And the other Swedish actor was Fallis Fallis, who plays the guy with the iPad, uh, the guy who actually does the brain excavation. Oh, very cool. Um, so then... Uh, then Jonathan wrote crazy theory time, which we probably need a jingle for. Uh, 
But as he wrote, the episode focuses a lot on the robot brains that they could be removed. I think that someone will transfer their robot brain into another host. So maybe Bernard waking up on the beach is Dolores's brain inside Bernard's body? That's my crazy theory this season. What do you think, Jim? I think that's a pretty great Westworld crazy theory. I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that theory, but it's one of those I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, um, but, uh, I think he's on the right track where it could also lead to like where they could make a host of a person who's not a host, like, say, whoever that Delos guy is, that other Swedish actor. And uh, Dolores makes another host and puts her Dolores brain into it. And it's like, ah, ha ha. It was Dolores this time. You know, yeah. stuff like that. I guess we kind of have confirmed that uh, Ford was like the per the version that was killed was not a host because it was all red when they blasted his brain. Then again, I've seen a lot of hosts bleed red, but still my assumption is that that is, you know, that's Ford and he's dead. Otherwise it would take the air out of the moment. That doesn't mean that we won't see him again though. I'm sure he had a backup somewhere, you know, for the final climax of his narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess they, they, they did go out of their way to show maggots eating his face. I don't know, yeah. but do maybe maggots still feed on hosts. I don't know. I think so. I think they're pretty biological at this point. Um, These are the questions we need answered. I did see a lot of... Oh, I'm sorry. Is there more in that uh, email? No, that was it. I did see some headlines about how it's confirmed that hosts take a shit. Um, good. Oh, good. But uh, I, 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 this is before I had... Uh, this is before I had seen the episode, so I thought maybe it was some sort of plot point in the episode, but there was nothing in the episode about the host taking a shit, right? Um, let me think. Let me scrub through it real quick. Huh? Is it here? No, no, I, I think that might be a, a spoiler for episode five, Jim. So be careful. Right, let, me, let me find the article real quick. Uh, in a okay, new well, interview with Entertainment Weekly, Westworld showrunner Lisa Joy has settled the debate once and for all. Asked what the host's uh, limitations are, she says, the hosts are basically organic. It's cheaper uh, that way to print them out. They eat, they sleep, they have sex, and they can poop. It's really like a human body with the one difference being that we have a brain and they have a CPU. There's a lot of potential for them. If you had a part of your brain that was a computer, self-improvement would be a lot easier. The season will be exploring the intersection of where and how they're human and some of the ways they can manipulate their own programming. That's interesting. I also have a, a little press cutting. This one is from 2016, though, so who knows if they changed their minds since then. Uh, it, was, it was posted on the Reddit in relation to the final scene. Um, a question, um, can you say how the hosts are powered? Do they need to recharge? Do they eat? And uh, Nolan at that point said that their construction and their power source is something we're really going to get into during season two. So we'd like to keep that mysterious. Uh, they're closer to biological than mechanical, but they don't suffer brain death the same way. So that all adds up. But he also said they're largely indistinguishable from human beings, but their brains don't require op oxygen, which opens up interesting possibilities. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So maybe the brains of those hosts are perfectly fine. I guess that would make sense since they're uh, CPUs and everything. Um, I don't know why Bernard or Dolores and Bernard's body or whatever would have killed them. I feel like it could be just a sweeping thing of like, oh, I made them, I created them, and so I'm responsible for their death. That would be kind of a cop-out, though. Yeah, and I guess the weird thing is if we're introducing this aspect and we're saying that that's kind of the major pull of it, then... 
you know, why are they dead? Like, shouldn't if, if the brain's the thing, even if they're like throat slit and stuff, shouldn't they just get up and keep going? Aren't they zombies? Basically, it's like you have to shoot them in the brain. Well, I think that could be part of it, but I mean, it's part of their programming to lie down and not get up when they're shot. And it seems like four didn't change that part, at least. And I guess the only other side, and again, these are, since it's Westworld theories, these are clearly nitpicks. I'm not saying this to make the show bad. These are just, you know, dumb questions we as nerds that discuss the minutiae of these shows will have. So don't take this as anything negative. But then it, would there be a rule, you think, like no shooting in the head when it, like just during park rules? Remember when you go in the park and you get to kill people and do whatever you want? So yeah. are they, please just don't destroy the brain because that would mess up our robot. Uh, I think not because they pay so much. And as we mentioned, they're kind of, they have like so many of these uh, hosts running around. It's uh, like the, I think the, the value they get from one customer is like they, you can destroy a hundred hosts if you like, we'd prefer if you didn't, but we're not strictly going to tell you not to. So then I wonder then are these brains, are they backed up in the cloud somewhere where potentially this brain is destroyed? They could put a new one in and then just download the same programming to it. Well, as we said, it opens up interesting possibilities. I feel, I mean, they have also introduced this whole ant network where they communicate with each other through close contact or when they're close to someone and they can send queries through the whole network. So uh, that does make it possible to back up that sort of information, it feels like. Yeah, it's just weird. But then they also have to access the specific host to get certain information. So, I mean... Not that any of the, again, like not that any of this matters and uh, you can't focus on all of this minutia and still have like an entertaining and dramatic show. But I mean, if we're going to sit and talk about it for an hour, these questions are going to come up sometime. <laughs> yes. Figure out well, what our answers for it would be. Yes. And I mean, we enjoy doing that. That's why we're going to do this. As I mentioned on Tuesdays in the evening, uh, the times, I had said them at the start there, but it's at youtube.com slash shows what you know. Uh, or you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. I also wanted to mention that just in case you can't get enough of me and Jim, we're also broadcasting at the same time on Sundays for the new season of The Handmaid's Tale and also our Sopranos watch along. So we will now be producing roughly three episodes per week on these three different shows, Westworld, The Handmaid's Tale, and The Sopranos. And if you miss the live broadcasts, you can find all the shows collected at showswhatyouknow.com. Yes, absolutely. And you can find more of Jacob at awesomepedia.org and also Awesomepedia on YouTube. He did just put up a new um, video essay on writing fight scenes, which is highly entertaining and very informative. I would fully recommend checking that out. Thanks. And you can also find more from me at jimandthem.com and also Jim and them on YouTube. Right. And before we go, I just have one final question for you, Jim. What's that? Is this now? <laughs> <laughs>